You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. This is different. Did we have some adversity today? Yes, sir. Three personal fouls. We rough a punter. We were playing hard, right? We didn't necessarily do everything we wanted to do, but we persevered. Yes, sir. I'm really proud of the effort. I'm really proud of the maturity. Yes, sir. Right? And we won in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. yeah. That's the way to compete for four quarters, fellas. That's what we've been talking about. That's what it took to win. Hey, it's just one, but it's the first of many, man. Get used to this, man. Okay. Keep working. Stay together. Let's go. Gang on me. Gang on three. One, two, three. This is Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Splash Cantina inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. Q. Year three, season three, new location. Monday Night Football, we always kick it at the Oyo. We are at the Oyo, but we're at the Splash Cantina this time. We used to be in the Underground Lounge. It's currently under construction, so we're out here chilling by the pool. We're out here by poolside. And everyone knows, if you listen throughout the course of the summer to Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, your boy don't have a problem being near the pool, so uh, come on out, hang out with us. Of course, the weather is still nice and is always nice when it's coming off a Raiders victory as the Raiders are 1-0 on the young season after getting the 17-16 victory over the Denver Broncos. So you know we'll have a lot to say about that throughout the course of the show. Got a lot of good guests to get to. And, of course, we're going to encourage you to come on down here, hang out with us at the Oyo in the Splash Cantina. There's all kind of specials going on. And, of course, if you're a player, if you're playing, uh, if you're playing any of the games, if you're a gamer, to say we've got, some, uh, we've got some specials for you that I'll tell you about in just a little bit, something to get excited about, something that you're going to want to be a part of. So I'll definitely uh, put that in your ear hole in just a little bit. But we've got plenty and I mean plenty to get to. I've seen a lot of reaction to the Raiders' victory on social media, heard a lot on the morning tailgate, heard a lot on JT the Brick Show, and we're going to keep that party rolling here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. The guests that we have coming up on the show today, as we always do, Coming up at 2.30, our Monday guest, he's our usual, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and, of course, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He was there in Denver on site of the game, and so he has his uh, thoughts on the game that he wants to bring to the table. So he's going to do that. What he saw, good, bad, ugly, whatever the case may be, there was no way to say that the game was a 100% clean game by the Raiders. But at the end of the day, they got a notch in the W column as opposed to a notch in the L, and that is always going to be a good thing. So uh, Ed Graney will join us coming up at 2.30 to give his thoughts on everything that he saw from the Silver and Black Week 1 as now the Raiders are transitioning heading to Buffalo, heading to West Virginia actually for practice and then getting ready for Week 2, the Buffalo Bills, another game on the road before they return home for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the home opener of the 2023 season in prime time. Ed Graney at 2.30 at 3 o'clock, our good friend Amber Theo Harris, Silver and Black Show. She was on, uh, she was on the show last night with uh, EA, Eric Allen, and of course James Jones as well and uh, had some really good thoughts after the game, so uh, they do a f- fantastic job on the Silver and Black show and of course Amber Theo Harris leads that the leads that all the time so uh, coming up at three o'clock she'll join the show to talk about what she saw what James Jones saw what Eric Allen what they were talking about throughout the course of the game and of course post game with the Raiders getting that 17-16 victory then at 3:30, very excited about the guests we have at 3:30. My man John Arnold, a.k.a. Peg Leg Raider, a big-time fan of the Silver and Black. But if you look at your calendar, you can't help but notice that today is September 11th. And I would be remiss if I did not uh, show some love and show some attention to 9-11, a day that has changed uh, our lives forever. 
uh, everything changed the minute that uh, 9-11 happened. As soon as I hear September 11th, as soon as I hear 9-11, my mind immediately flips back to where I was when I heard about what was going on with the Twin Towers, what was going on with the World Trade Center, what was going on uh, you know, with, uh, with everything in, in, in the city and all, all the lives that were being affected. Uh, it was just it, it, was, it was wild, but I immediately, I think that that's probably the number one thing that happens or, or anything that I could, could be referenced that I immediately flash back to and know exactly where I was and uh, what was going on and, and my thoughts and, and everything. So uh, John Arnold, who spent a lot of time in the, in the military, lost his leg in service. That's why his name is called Peg Leg Raider. Got his uh, leg autographed by the great Tom Flores when we were all in Canton, Ohio for the Pro Football Hall of Fame and had him uh, autograph his peg leg. So that's pretty cool. Uh, John E. Arnold will join us at 3.30. My man out of San Antonio, he'll join us to talk about what today means, obviously talk about the silver and black talk about the victory and and just even what sports meant right when uh, the week after after 9-11 happened and sports resumed and you saw the 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 teams get back out there on the field what it meant to get our minds away from uh, everything that had been going on and one of the other images that always sticks in my mind when it comes to 9-11 is that picture of uh, John Gruden on the sideline when the national anthem was playing right before the Raiders played and he had the American flag in his hand and tears were going down his eyes. And that was, that was something that was happening throughout the course of the, the whole day that when they finally resumed football again after 9-11, I mean, everyone, when that national anthem was playing, was all in tears. So definitely want to make sure uh, we show love to uh, everyone that, uh, you know, was affected. And, and, again, like I said, everyone was really affected by uh, what happened on 9-11. And, and I'll tell you right now, man, our lives have, have uh, obviously changed in a major way, but just the way that we lived our lives changed in a major way after that day. So uh, 3.30, John Arnold, a.k.a. Peg Leg Raider, will join us to talk about the silver and black and talk about 9-11 as well. 4 o'clock, Brad Spielberger, our good friend from Pro Football Focus, he'll join the show and just kind of go over what he saw from the Raiders' offensive line as they graded really well talk about some of the players like a divine diablo a max crosby and nate hobbs who who graded really well according to pro football focus and then guys that didn't like a tyree wilson guys that didn't like a malcolm Kuntz, right they didn't really uh grade as well for for obvious reasons they didn't have the best games especially rookie tyree wilson where a lot of people are expecting some big things from him uh he had to, he, had a, he had a rough day a rough uh, first game of his uh career and and you know i'm sure that the elevation there in denver did not help uh him missing most of training camp did not help and also what i think what i believe from watching him uh, what looked like a lot of anticipation, him trying to figure out exactly what was going to come to him. Is it going to be a run? Was it going to be a pass? It looked like his get-off, he just wasn't, he wasn't ready to go. He was just hesitating, uh, and he was a step too slow uh, off the line. If you think, you're going to be slow. And so that's what it looked like from Tyree Wilson. But we'll ask Brad Spielberger his thoughts from Pro Football Focus coming up at 4 o'clock. So as you can tell, we've got a loaded show plus some locker room sound. Uh, we've got sound from Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, Devontae Adams, all courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. He sent that over to us, so we'll get that into the, the show as well. And uh, like I said, we've got a lot to get to. And, of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well as too. 702-365-9200 on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R. So Ed Graney at 2.30 Amber Theo Harris at 3. John Arnold aka Peg Leg Raider at 3.30 and Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will join us at 4. With all that being said let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury it's about the recovery. 
So here we go. Opening drive. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Your time to shine. 702-365-9200. And the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Already got some text messages rolling through and some phone calls coming, and we'll get to you in a hot second. But want to ask the question, who or what stood out to you the most in the Raiders' 17-16 victory over the Denver Broncos to improve to 1-0 on the season and now preparing for the Buffalo Bills, who are in action tonight? taking on the Jets, and that should be a special game as well. The Jets hosting the game on 9-11. That's something to think about uh, also. But, uh, yeah, just who or what stood out to you the most, and that could be good or bad, right? If you saw something that stood out to you that you didn't like, please don't hesitate to speak on it because that's what we do around here. We attack all angles of the game and all angles of the team and where they need to have improvement. Then we'll talk about the, the, where they need to improve. The good thing is needing to improve in different areas of the game while still getting a victory, right? That's, that's the best thing. When you know that you could do better, but you got a victory, that's good. Now, when you're losing games and you're like, yeah, well, that's got to improve, that's got to improve, that's got to improve, that's, that's never what you want. You want to be able to look at yourself, dissect what you did, and say, okay, but this still needs to be better, but you got a W. So at the end of the day, it all, all the only thing that matters is how many W's you got when it's all said and done and compared to how many L's. And you're hoping – Every team is hoping it. Every team's not going to achieve it. Every team's hoping they got way more dubs than they have L. So that's the first question. Who or what stood out to you the most in the Raiders' 17-16 victory over the Broncos? And then, as I mentioned, man, it's 9-11. What are your thoughts when this date pops up each and every year? You know, what does it mean to you? Again, I don't, I don't run from situations like this. I definitely want to talk about it. I don't ever want to forget. I don't think any of us should ever forget uh, those kind of moments in, in, in the history of our, our country where uh, something massive has, has just changed everything that, uh, that we do and the way that we do it, and that's exactly what uh, 9-11 did. So that's the questions that I have for you today. And, of course, you could always chime in and speak on whatever you want. But the two topics that I have is I like to usually come to the show with a couple of them. Who or what stood out to you the most in the Raiders' victory over the Broncos, 17-16? And then what are your thoughts when this date pops up each and every year? What does today mean to you? Let's go ahead and get things started up, man. Let's fire things up. 702-365-9200. Gangsta, gangsta, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Lead us off, brother. First place in the AFC West. Remember, I told you we were going to be the only AFC team to win this week. Didn't I tell you that, Q? You told me. You, know you told me. But yes. I was wrong about the score. But I predicted 45-9. Boy, was I wrong about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Just a little I bit. Do, <laughs> you know, what I do want to say about the score, though, 17-16, then the two numbers of our two number one. I said we got two number one wide receivers. Then the numbers of both our number one wide receivers, Devontae and Jacoby Myers. You know what I'm saying? I like yeah. that. I, I knew. I predicted he was going to get two touchdowns. I predicted Josh was going to get two I said somebody else was gonna get two. I forget who the other person was. I was right about um, Myers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And also, I want to say um, we in first place, y'all. And y'all know where the um, Super Bowl is this year. That's all I'm gonna say. You know what I'm saying. But as far as the next game against Buffalo, this they play tonight. They yep. play tonight. We played mm. yesterday. You know what I'm saying. So we should have an advantage as far as rest, and we need to take it because we got six games like that this year where the team we playing that week played on Monday night, and this is the first. So we need to take advantage of that. Take advantage of that and mash them. Be real physical. And I'm kind of glad that uh, Hunter Renfro didn't get no pass yesterday because I feel the way Denver was playing and the way they was hitting, I think Hunter Renfro would have fumbled the ball if he'd have got it kind of pass yesterday. So I think that's kind of why they didn't go to him and he wasn't really getting open. And plus I feel that the play of the game to me, even though I like the one um, Garoppolo ran for that first down, to me the play of the game was that Hooper catch. Because the catch, if he didn't catch it, one of um, that DB from the Broncos would have caught it. But he snatched it away from him, and that helped seal the game. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm going to say. Everybody, Raider Nation, stand up. We're in first place. We're the only FC team to win it. 
and the Super Bowls in Vegas. That's all I'm going to say. Keep it gangster, y'all. Raiders! Gangster Raider feeling good about himself. Hey, thanks for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. One quick note on the AFC West. Chris Jones and the Chiefs, believe it or not, they came to an agreement on a deal, huh? (laughs) Shocking. It only took one loss, right? One loss on a Thursday night. By Monday, they came to an agreement on a deal. So Chris Jones is back with the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's keep this party rolling, man. Raider O, San Diego, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, O? Hey, what's up, Q? I'm listening to you from day one, but first-time caller, so appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. You know, I'm just going to say I was highly impressed by Jacoby Myers. We definitely got a one-two combination. I know we just hit that, Um, but definitely also totally impressed by Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he stood tall in there. He definitely had Gannon's vibes that you just felt a confidence that he was going to make a play when he was under duress. You know, he just slide and make his plays, and and obviously he helped win the game when we needed him. But I think we can feel confident that um, we got a good quarterback back there. And obviously he's one of the, the most winningest coaches, uh, I'm sorry, quarterbacks in recent history. So um, I, I think that as long as we stay good offensively, we got a chance to go to Buffalo, create the upset. And then, you know, I think the respect train starts there. Um, today you didn't hear at all about Jacoby Myers or Garoppolo on any other media outlet even though they deserved it. You know, I think Garoppolo had a similar stat line to Brock Purdy, and again, no love. So we're showing him love, happy to have him, and I hope the guys keep, keep it rolling. See you. Hey, great call, great call. And, yeah, Jacoby Myers, he's in the concussion protocol right now. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, but, yeah, that's somebody, you know, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but that's somebody that we talked about quite a bit last week. Right at the end of the week when we were talking about keys of the game and who we were going to be talking about on Monday, I kept saying, watch out for 16. We know what 17 could do. But watch out for 16. 16 was a number one wide receiver in New England. Think about that. He was a number one. He's not a number one with the Raiders, clearly. That's 17. But having a true number two across from Devontae is way different than what Devontae had last year. Again, I don't want to take anything away from Mac Hollins because he did a really good job in the role that he was forced to do. But if you're not a wheel, you're not a wheel. And Mac Hollins isn't a wheel. And what I mean by that is he's not a number two. He's maybe a number three probably a number four, but he's a special teams ace. And that's what the Raiders had him on the team was to be a special teams ace and to be an an extra wide receiver. He was forced into action to be a number two. And he did well with the opportunities he was given. Let's not get it twisted. But Jacoby Myers is used to being in that role. So I was not shocked at all to see the chemistry and the, the, the quickness that Jimmy G was able to get on the same page with, uh, with J- Jacoby Myers because Jacoby Myers, as he told Eric Allen, does what? Finds a way to get open. That's what he said. EA said, well, how do you get open? He said, I just get open. Now, I will never forget that. I mean, I promise you it'll, it sticks in my head like it was yesterday. He says, I just get open. I just find ways to get open. He said, okay. And that's what Jacoby Myers did. So definitely a big game for him. Big game for Max Crosby as far as I'm concerned. Jimmy G, you got to give him a lot of credit. And I'll tell you, and I said this to my guy Vegas Jess, we all went out and had a little uh, dinner last night uh, after the game. And I kept saying, man, Jimmy G, you want to talk about a guy that's wearing on, on me? Like, he's, 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 like, every time I think about Jimmy G, I start getting a little bit more excited. And, and I was very hesitant when it came to Jimmy G being the quarterback of the Silver and Black. I kept being so concerned with his, his injury history. And, that, I mean, that's something that we have to talk about. But, man, I'll tell you, you could tell he's one of the dudes. You could tell that the team likes to, to play for him. I mentioned having Amber Theo Harris on the show at 3 o'clock. She talked to Josh Jacobs uh, last night following the game, her and EA and, and James Jones. And, and, uh, and one of the biggest plays of the game was that last game, that play when, when uh, Jimmy G scampered for about nine yards to pick up the first down to be able to salt away the clock. 
that was really a lot of that play was made because Josh Jacobs and his outstanding blocking. It had nothing to do. It doesn't go down in the stat sheet. But, man, he blocked so well on that. And then when they asked him about it after the game, he said, man, I told Jimmy that you make me want to block harder for you. I ain't never blocked this hard in my life, right? And so that just lets you know the guys are out there fighting for him. Max is fighting for him. He said last postgame, I'm glad he's my quarterback. Devontae Adams, he's a winner. Josh Jacobs, he makes me want to block harder for him. If these guys are all in with Jimmy G, then, hell, we all better be all in with Jimmy G because those are the guys that are out there on the field getting it done. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Let's talk to our guy, New England Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, what up, Q? Chilling. Hey, you know, I don't like playing that uh, I told you so game, but I got the receipts, man. I told you. I said, Jacoby Myers, man. I'm going to be looking out for Jacoby Myers. And I, I, I knew you agree with me, but, it, no, it just feels good to be right sometimes. Um, <laughs> But, yo, I got to be a negative Nancy, man. That's okay. I, I was, dude, I, I, I don't know what Raider Nation is talking about. I mean, like, that was one of the most pathetic wins I've ever seen in my life. And I'm going to go to my grave and saying that. Okay. That was not four quarters of football. We won in the last five minutes. We were a JV team going up against another JV team, and we just happened to pull that win out of you-know-what. And I have never said so many explicit, expletive things during a game but I, I just want to see more. I'm from New England, man. I, I, I've seen this guy win championships, and that's what I want to see here, right? I work in education. It's all about growth. Where was the growth this game? Where was the growth? I am not seeing it. I you didn't, you didn't, see, any, you didn't see any growth throughout the course of the game, like in the second half when the Raiders only and, allowed and Denver to get three the, points? I saw the last five minutes. I saw Max Crosby do Max Crosby things. Okay. But I also saw 10 penalties for 97 yards. Yeah, I saw true. interception thrown. I saw unnecessary. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's typical Raiders, man. And I just, I'm just really hoping that it's just, that there's dust on us right now that needs to be, uh, you know, taken off. But I need to see more. Because if we think we can do this against the Chiefs and other elite squads that we're playing, i.e. Buffalo next week, we have another thing coming. I need to see more out of this team. I love you, Q. I love the Raiders. Go Raiders! Thank you. All right, thank you for the call, New England Raider. Good stuff. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're playing Buffalo, you're playing Kansas City, you're playing the 49ers, you're playing Dallas, you're playing some of these upper echelon teams, yeah, what, what they did on Sunday, they're not going to get away with. That's going to be an L. The good thing for the Raiders is they were playing Denver. And, well, Denver obviously has a lot to do, too. I'll say this. As much as the defense wasn't very good throughout the course of the game, they were good when they had to be. And to hold a team to three points in the second half is nothing to shake a stick at. The other thing I'll say about it, when it comes to, like, the growth that you're talking about, it was really a wonky game. There was six possessions by each team. That's not normal, right? Normally, you have close to ten possessions at least. I mean, when I looked up, I was like, damn, this game's almost over. And they only had the ball three times in the second half. I mean, they, they only three, half, three in the first half. I mean, it's just like... So they took advantage when they could. That, Like you said, the interception in the end zone, that shouldn't have happened. I'll, I'll break down that whole sequence. First and goal from the one-yard line. Should have been a, a handoff to Josh Jacobs. It was a fumble by Jimmy G. That was on him. Second play I thought was a bad play call, right, because they threw a pass, and then they got a legal formation on DeAndre Carter, so they backed him up. Third down, that's when they, they threw the they, – he tried to force it into the end zone to Amir Abdullah, and he gets picked off. It should have all been done by first or second down at the latest. It should have been two handoffs to Josh Jacobs from the one-yard line, let him get into the end zone. I'm willing to take my chances with eight twice and then try to throw it on the third down if that's what it takes, right? So that was just a blown opportunity. 
uh, you know, running into the, the punter, Masterson, should have never done that. But to the Raiders' credit, they only gave up three points on that drive. They, 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 they forced a field goal when they had to force a field goal. If they had let them get into the end zone, it's church. Game, set, match. But since they only allowed them a field goal, it gave them an opportunity. Again, it's not a recipe that I want to sign up for. It's not pretty. But I'll tell you what, I'll take a W uh, after the first week of the, the season as opposed to an L, like the Chiefs took, like the Chargers took, like the Broncos took. 918 Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, you? Um, What's up, man? And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on your topic, but uh, yeah, I couldn't – I just wanted to touch on one thing uh, before that. Uh, that 918 – or not 918, uh, New England Raider. Um, I, I, I feel like there was tons of growth. It was just on different areas. Like uh, the play calling, the high tempo, the uh, misdirection stuff. We haven't seen, we didn't see any of that, or barely just a little bit of it last year. First game out, like we were executing it uh, very quickly. Uh, there was like a, what, a screen pass or something. That, um, and but they have a great defense, too. You know, teams play different teams differently. Uh, and there might be a little bit of rust on us, but that's, I feel like. I feel like it was a really hard one game. I couldn't disagree with them more that it was uh, ugly. And uh, I mean, yes, I was very upset about how it played, but um, yeah, we we come out with a W, like uh, Devonte said. Uh, every W is pretty. It doesn't matter how you get it. You got it. It's a it's a dub. It's a it's a win column. There was, um, and then I, what I was really surprised with though was uh, Jimmy G, his composure, how he how he ran everything, uh, the offense. Uh, it seemed like him and Jacoby were been playing together for a long time. Um, it, <clears throat> and then the, the fourth down conversions, the, the, where he dove right before getting out of bound to basically steal the game. And then that, yeah. that where he uh, hit Devontae um, with that teardrop, and he got lit up by that free safety. Uh, but those were just great, great uh, putting himself in position, not reading the first guy or whatever, and, uh, taking off whenever he had to, manipulating the pocket. Like, we haven't seen that in a long time or ever, I guess. Uh, so uh, I was really surprised by that. And then I just wanted to throw one other thing the Gangster Raiders said, and then I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> the, the whole – are we, are we that stupid that the, the dude that ran down the gate is literally – like, the hit on, hit on uh, Jimmy G when he was going to the ground, the hit on uh, Devontae on that teardrop was – I mean, it was – Really hard hit, but also, like, I don't know, man. And then the uh, hit on Jacoby. Like, uh, those, it's, man, I don't know. It just seems like they were really gunning for any weakness or trying to take people out at any point that they, that they had. Uh, I'm glad we came out with the W, 7-0 against them. Uh, cheers. Hey, thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, it looked like they were trying to intimidate. They looked like they were trying to, to hit the Raiders up out the gym, right? I mean, it looked like they were trying to put some wood on them. Uh, you know, and that's that's what happens, right, especially in the first game of the season and a team's going out there and they got some frustration and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to prove a point and trying to shake that stink off of them of six straight losses. And, you know, there was a lot of built-up frustration about those Denver Broncos. You can see that. And Sean Payton, I mean, it lets you know all you need to know when he tried to kick an onside kick to start the game, <laughs> right? I mean, it was funny. I was listening to Rex Ryan uh, this morning. Rex Ryan said, by him doing that, that let, that let the Raiders know that we're not, a, we're not a better team than you and we've got to pull out a gimmick to try to win. Now, I could look at it multiple different ways and say, okay, they were trying to catch the Raiders off guard, which it almost worked, right? And that would have been really smooth on their part, get the ball to start the game and get the ball coming out of the locker room. But, you know, it's, it's, 
it's uh, it, I guess it's all in the eyes of the beholder. But uh, yeah, there was there was obviously a lot of built up frustration from uh, from the Broncos, their team, their head coach, uh, from a lot of people. Right? They wanted the Raiders so bad in that game, and for the Raiders to play an ugly game like they did, not it was not crisp at all, and to still come out with a W. At this point, they're in the locker room thinking, what do we have to do to beat those guys? And Raider Nation, we know exactly what that's like, right? We know exactly what that's like. There's certain teams you can say you can look at Kansas City and say as close as the Raiders were last week and week or last year in week five to beating them, they still didn't get that W. And there's probably people in that locker room. I know there's plenty of Raider fans who are saying, "What in the hell do we have to do as a team to find a way to beat that damn team?" I'm sure there's Bronco fans saying that exact same thing right now. Let's get one more. Uh, let's get one more call, or maybe t- oh, maybe two. Tim in Texas. Tim, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hello, how y'all doing? Uh, we're blessed. Um, the the main thing that I seen yesterday uh, when I was watching the game was the play of the linebackers. I thought the linebackers, uh, especially Diablo, I know he messed up on that one play when he uh, face masked the dude, uh, but he made he he him and and Spillane made some really really good plays. Uh, the linebackers, because uh, that's the one thing I was really really worried about was the linebackers, and I thought that they the linebackers really played a good game. I know outside of a Maybe a couple of mistakes because uh, I see Spillane missed a, a, a tackle where he would have had him in the backfield. Other than that, I, I thought the linebackers played really good. But when I was checking, I, uh, you was mentioning how um, the, they only had a certain amount of plays. Whenever you, I, I noticed that when the game started, you could see that Sean Payton was trying to hold the ball and run out the time. He was holding on to the ball as long as he could, trying to keep the Raiders' offense off the, off the uh, field. And uh, on that 14, I think it was a 14-play drive that they had, they was, they was milking that clock all the way down to the end. And they kept doing that the whole game, which made the game a little, kind of a little boring, to be honest with you. But you could tell from the beginning when they on their first position that that's what he was trying to do. Hey, Tim, thanks for the call. And, yeah, that, I, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't – I don't think the game was boring, but I know what you're talking about. It was a little slow and methodical, right? It just – it wasn't the high – fly-in, high-octane action of the offense and big-time plays on defense. It just kind of seemed like it was there, right? It was just a game and watched it and followed along really closely, but it just it never really seemed like it ever got into a big-time rhythm because exactly what you just said, Sean Payton trying to slow everything down, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, when you have a limited amount of possessions just like that, that's, that, that tells you all you need to know. I think one of the games that I was paying attention to, what, was it the Bears? It might have been the Bears game. Uh, the, yeah, Bears and Green Bay. Uh, Chicago had like seven possessions in the first half. <laughs> right? The Raiders had six possessions all game. I mean, so if you're only going to have the ball as many times as they did, you better, you better make sure you take advantage of it. And they did the best they can. They left some points out there. There's no doubt about that. But still come out with a victory, 17-16, 1-0 on the season. They didn't get their first victory of the season last year until October. So I'll take it. I know it wasn't pretty. It wasn't easy on the eyes. Some people aren't happy with it. But I'll take a victory in September any day of the week over a first victory in October. But I don't know. That's just me. 226 at the time. When we come back, we're here at, uh, at the Splash Cantina inside of the uh, Oyo Hotel and Casinos. What we do for Monday Night Football. Got some great specials to tell you about them, like the slot tournament that's going to be going on Tuesday through Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m. Free for all players, card members. You can win up to $1,000. We'll tell you a lot more about that, plus a whole lot more going on here at the OEO. Coming up next, Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. 
Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Garoppolo, shotgun snap, fires the slant. It's Paul Myers at the goal line. He leads in. Touchdown, Raiders! Jacoby Myers on the slant with his second touchdown grab and his silver and black debut. And the Raiders, with an extra point, will take the lead here in Denver. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Splash Cantina, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. And that was a touchdown to seal the deal right there. Jacoby Myers from Jimmy G, the second one of the day. And this time there was no taunting penalty afterwards. Jacoby acted like he had been there and done that before. And, well, he had because that was the second time he scored a touchdown on the day as the Raiders go on to win 17-16 over the Denver Broncos and approve to 1-0. We're inside the Splash Catina here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. It's our Monday night spot as Monday night football is going to be up on the screens. And a little bit later on this afternoon we'll be here for that. But join us now on the phone lines a man that was in denver as well observing the game that's our good friend ed granny from espn las vegas our sister station and the rj and ed thanks so much for your time definitely appreciate you man josh mcdaniel said they won a fourth quarter game they got it done in the fourth quarter found a way to win it wasn't pretty it wasn't easy on the eyes but they got a w what did you see from the raiders especially in that fourth quarter hey buddy yeah um they they did do that you know uh they had a quarterback who who came back from from uh bad throw and a pick and uh, showed what kind of leader he can be for that team. Um, I thought that was a huge story storyline of the fourth quarter. You know, he has the pick, Jimmy G, and kind of forced something there that he doesn't need to do. But then to come back in the fourth quarter after that happened and lead them to the game-winning touchdown drive. And then I thought, you know, as more important as they take the ball over with 5-0-1 left and they don't give the ball back. Um, I thought that was a huge, huge drive for him, the way he led it. Uh, they kind of splashed in some Josh Jacobs there. Had a reception there um, from Jacoby, and then, uh, you know, obviously takes a hit, but then the scramble from Jimmy uh, ends it. So I thought, you know, and then uh, besides that, the uh, the defense on the three and out to get them the ball back at 501. So they did win in the fourth quarter, and, you know, that's a, a road win for the end of the division, and that's huge, man. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the Raiders and the Broncos, they didn't have a lot of possessions on Sunday's game. But I no. felt like when the Raiders had to have a stop, their defense wasn't great. But when their defense had to have a stop and or limit them to a field goal, they did that. How encouraging is that, that the defense played a major role in them winning that game yesterday? I mean, any time that defense can play a major role in a win, I think is big. Um, they kind of bend, bend, bend there. And, um, you know, like you said, uh, huge, huge way to keep them to a field goal down there. Um, the play by Diablo to spot the ball away, I thought was a huge play because um, the guy was open right there for Russell for like a little touchdown pass. Um, yeah, I mean, it was huge. And the three and out was just enormous. Uh, I thought Peyton went a little conservative in the second half um, uh, with his play calling. Um, I thought in the first half they kind of had a rhythm about themselves. Second half, I thought he went a little conservative. But it was huge for the defense to come up like that um, and make plays and, and have a part in a win, you know what I mean? We, we said it before the season so many times, um, what's the defense going to be like? How are they going to be? You know, 
so there was good and bad. There's penalties they definitely have to clean up. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's easier. Um, Mark Davis was walking into the locker room afterwards, and he was talking to Vinny Bonsignor, and one thing he said was, you know, it's easier to clean up after a win. You know, I yep. mean, it's easier, you know, you, you win the game, and, you know, those kind of things seem to say, hey, we got to clean things up. It's much better than to do that after, than after a loss by 17-16. So I think it was huge that the defense came up like that. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Ed was on the scene for the Raiders' 17-16 victory over the Denver Broncos. You mentioned Jimmy G and him shaking off that bad interception that he had. What did you see from Jimmy just throughout the course of the game that you know should give Raider Nation a, a little bit of hope about their QB1? I think just how he leads and how they, they follow him um, afterwards. Uh, once again, it was just kind of this kind of string of quotes about what they how they believe in him and you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, I'm going to respect the guy who's going to put his hat in there and take a hit when the game's on the line. Um, they really like him. You know, Devontae, mm-hmm. long, long quotes about him and the, the funny quote about it, like being with your girl and her saying, I'm sorry, I thought that was a great quote. And then, uh, you know, you don't have to sit around worrying about it all night. You just go forward because Jimmy had sought him out on the sidelines a couple times and said, hey, our communication will get better. We'll get better at this. I'll hit you. You know, I'll, I'll find you more in, the, in these situations. So, I just think they respect him so much. It's obvious, and um, it was just the way he led. Like I said, I mean, short memory on the pick, and uh, to come back and to lead him on that touchdown drive kind of shows you, you know, what he's about. Now, you know, he's played a lot of games. They had a great stat after the game that it was his 41st win since 2014, over like 58, 59 starts during that time, and the only guys who with more are, you know, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. So wow. when you when you have stats like that and you can be mentioned with those two guys, you know you must be doing something right at some point in your career. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, it has to be good somewhere along the line to be mentioned with those guys. So um, I just saw a leader out there, man. I just saw a guy who, you know, on that on that scramble, you know, he was going to get the seven yards. He ended up getting eight. I saw a guy who took a you know pretty wicked hit there at the first drive. Um, had to come out because the spotter said he had to come out. Came out for two plays, walked right back in immediately through a touchdown pace, pass on the fade um, to uh, to Jacoby. So uh, yeah, I just saw a leader. Yeah, I mean, you, you really did, and and I love the fact that when they called him out of the game because the spotter called him out, he was pissed. Like he yeah, was, he was, mad. He was, he was so mad, and I think that that was good. I think that was good for the fan base to see him so fired up. But I also think that that went a long way with the team to so show that how much he wanted to be out there and help lead that those guys to victory. Yeah, I mean, he did. He was not happy at all, but that's the NFL, and they do it for the safety of the players. I've got for no sure. problem with it. If, if, you know, if he looks woozy at all and the spotter sees that, they've got to, they got to at least check on him. Um, he took another hit uh, there where the foot got caught up in it, and he was limping around a little, and you said, uh-oh, you know, is it the foot again? But, you know, he stayed in, and uh, he stayed in in that situation, and, you know, uh, was fine after that. Um, I don't know how sore he was today, but, um, you know, he took some hits yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's not always going to work out uh, the way it did yesterday, but uh, I think for one day he really uh, gained some respect to the team. But, like I said, I think they respect him already. I mean, ever since he got here, the, you know, the, the quotes from the players on him has all been really positive and what they think of him and what kind of leader he is. And, you know, he doesn't act like he knows everything. You know, he, he asks questions as much as anybody, um, wants to lead them, wants to be one of them. 
and you know not you know anything above that. So I th- I just think there's a huge amount of respect for him in the locker room. I do too. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Ed Graney is our guest from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ, the Review Journal, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So that was a lot of the good. So let's flip over to what needs to be cleaned up, and let's start with the rookie, Tyree Wilson. Uh, what did you think of uh, his snaps that he had and, and what he was able to do or wasn't able to do on Sunday? Yeah. Um, I think you saw a guy who missed a lot of training camp, um, first of all. Um, I think you saw a guy who really needs to work on getting off the ball and coming off and, uh, you know, and exploding more off the ball. I was a little surprised at um, how slow he came off things, um, how kind of he stood up and kind of paused. Mm-hmm. Where in that position, you want, like, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Max Crosby, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, just exploding off the snap and, and, and stuff like that. So I was a little surprised at that. We watched him pretty carefully, most of his snaps, and um, there was that kind of issue with him. I didn't watch him closely in college enough. Vinny said he did, and Vinny said he kind of was that player in college. Um, but I think in the NFL it's different, and you've got to get off the ball fast in the NFL, and you've got to, you know, explode off the ball. Um, so I think, you know, there's there's that to him. Uh, and it, it'll come in time. Like I said, it's, you know, he Vic Tafer I thought made a good point, and it's not to make an excuse, but doesn't have a lot of time in camp. You're in altitude. It's your first game. You're trying to find yourself. Um, so I don't think there's any question he can only get better. Yeah, and you know, it's funny when you talk about him standing up and, and kind of analyzing. I asked Coach McDaniels about that today on the Zoom call. It, it, to me, seemed like, and this is what I felt like I saw, is him stand up and try to determine if it's going to be a run or a pass before he just went and attacked, right? right and, it, exactly. and it felt like it was a result and a, an overcorrection to what happened against Dallas where he was running pass plays. It just felt like yeah. he was trying to think about what was coming before he actually just went and attacked. And you know, Ed, if you think, you're going to be a slow guy. Well, in that, especially in that position, I mean, they're going to be by you or they're just going to lock you up. I mean, you know, you're, not going to, you're going to have two things happen to you. So, I mean, you can't, you can't stop and think or you can't pause. I mean, in that position, your, your, your job is to get after it right away off the ball and off the snap, and that's where you should be looking. Um, so, you know, I think he'll get better. I mean, he's got to get better. He's a seventh overall pick. They need him to be better. We don't know what's going to happen with Chandler Jones. Unless there was an update when I was in the air that I didn't see. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, he'll get better and they'll work with him. And, you know, he's got a great guy on the other side who can teach him a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he needs to listen to everything that guy says and, and, you know, and just improve his game. I thought, you know, he's a rookie and that's, you know, sometimes this is what happens with rookies. Right, there's no doubt. I also wanted to ask you about Jacorian Bennett. He's another guy that I asked uh, Coach McDaniels about today. Uh, you know, he, he had some penalties called on him. I, I figured that was going to happen because he's a handsy guy, but he also showed the willingness to stick his head in there and go and make those open field tackles, and I thought he made some really nice tackles. What is your overall thoughts on Jacorian Bennett? Uh, just that. I thought he tackled really well. I think he ended up with seven, which might have been third behind Nate De- uh, Devine Diablo in terms of tackles, if I'm not mistaken, on the numbers. Um, I thought he tackled really, really well. I, I think on this one of the PIs, we thought it was kind of, kind of maybe touchy in terms of if it was a PI, but he did get called for it and he got called for two of them. So that's another rookie thing, up and down, and that's what happens with a lot of rookies. They have some ups and downs in their first couple games, and yeah. then they learn from it. But he tackled really, really well. I thought uh, someone said after the game, you know, if Nate Hobbs plays like that, he's going to be an All-Pro this year. Because mm-hmm. he was really, really good tackling. I thought they tackled well for the most part. Yeah. Um, uh, Diablo had nine tackles, um, so I thought they tackled really well. It's just you know, you know, you can't you can't have some of the penalties. You know, you can't rough the punter on a punt. 
yeah. you can't do you can't do stuff like that. And then you know, fortunately for them, they went and just got the field goal out of it. You know, I think if they score a touchdown there, that that game might end you know differently. Oh yeah, um, but they yep. they held them to a field goal after the after the after the uh, penalty on the punt. So you know they've. It was nine or ten penalties for almost 100 yards, if I'm not mistaken. That's too much. Mm-hmm. I think that's what McDaniels was saying after the game. You know, his speech was going to be the same win or lose today. That you know, here's the good we did, and here's all the stuff we have to clean up. But again, it's much easier to clean up after mm-hmm. a win than a loss. And you know, I mean, for one week they're the only AFC West team that won a game. Right. So you know, I mean, you have to look at the positives after you win on the road against a division opponent, no matter how you play. And it wasn't perfect by far, but um, but they found a way, and I thought that was really important. You know, I wanted to ask you about one of the penalties that were called because it was hard for the, to see on the TV version of it, but I thought on the penalty that Marcus Peters got called for where D- Divine Diablo recovered the fumble from Russell Wilson, that would have been a big-time play for the Raiders, but Peters got called for that penalty. Yeah. Did it look like Russell Wilson was outside of the pocket when that happened, or was that kind of simultaneously? No, that's the one we all kind of like shook our heads at. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was away from the play. Yeah. Um, we all shook our heads on that one. Um, I think that was an ill-advised flag. I don't think it was away, and uh, we completely agree with that. And that would have been a huge play with, with the recovery. But, you know, you're going to have calls against you. But I, I totally agree with you on that, Q. That one, uh, uh, each of us in the box there, when we watched, because they showed the replay in the box, we're like, wow, that, that's not a good one right there. Yeah, and that's that's what it looked like when I was watching through the TV, but I didn't know if you guys had a better, no, you know, a better we, angle we, or something. We totally agreed with you. We totally agreed with you on that one. Nice, nice. Well, hey, you know what? Like you said, Ed, it's nicer to go and clean up some stuff after being 1-0 as opposed to 0-1. So <laughs> the Raiders oh, should yeah. take it. Raider Nation should take it as well. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? Uh, just Raiders. Um, some uh, some features we got going. There's a lot of stuff going on in town with the Aces and uh, yeah. Raiders. And, um, you know, it never ends. So uh, just continuing on. And now that they're uh, 1-0, just move forward and, and just keep keep moving forward with them. Just win the week, right? You just got to win the week. <laughs> That's all. Isn't that what the coaches say? Just win the week. That's all you got to do. win the week. That's there it is. There you go. Well, Ed, thanks so much, man. Great stuff. Glad you made it back safely. Definitely appreciate you. Thanks. You appreciate it. Take care. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ed Graney, the great Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. You can hear him on the press box 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff. And, of course, he does all his fine writing in the Las Vegas Review Journal on Twitter at Ed Graney and with us here on Mondays at 2.30. 2.44 is the time. We are here at the Splash Cantina inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Do not forget the slot tournament, the big-time slot tournament, Tuesday through Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m., free for players. Free for all player card members. you got to have the player card members. Make sure you go do that quick, fast, and in a hurry. You can win up to $1,000. $1,000. I'll tell you right now, my man Vice Raiders here, I say you can win some money. He's already on it. He'll be like, done. Done. This dude is like, his fingers just like money comes out his fingers. I don't know why. I just wish I'd be around when he drops some of that, you know, some of that, that cashola comes out his pocket or whatever, man. I need to be around to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. But uh, he's always got it on on that. See, there he goes. Boom. Just like that. See? Uh, wherever he goes, Lady Luck follows him. So maybe you got that Lady Luck as well. Again, the slot tournament, Tuesday through Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m., free for all player card members. You can win up to $1,000. is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Splash Cantina inside the Oya Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. 
throwing the question out there as we're talking about the Raiders' 17-16 victory over the Broncos, approving a 1-0 on the young season, and now turn their attention to the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, we'll do that within the next couple days here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But we've got time to reflect, look back at the game, and really break it on down from the good, the bad, and even some of the ugly. You can let us know about it. It's all good at 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R, so don't be broke.com text line. Of course, Unnecessary Roughness is brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout out to my guy Mordecai and company. Man, they'll do a really good job for you. You're looking for some jewelry. You need some hookup. They got you every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So we definitely appreciate that. But who or what stood out to you the most in the Raiders 17-16 victory over the Broncos? And then I threw it out there as well. Don't forget, today is 9-11. What are your thoughts when this date comes up each and every year? What does today mean to you? Got a tweet from DF Dubs. Hey, Q, I'll take a win any day of the week. No one has talked about J.D. coaching this team up. Seems like the players believe in him. His players are balling out, and the Raiders won with him and not in spite of him. I like the play calling for the most part. I think once they iron out the wrinkles, they should be able to compete with anyone. I pass that along because I also wanted to pass this tweet along from Ravi, who hit us up at R&R 920 AM, at Ari Produces, and at your boy Q254. Q, credit to Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G for winning this game. It's very hard to go on the road to open the season and win when the other team had six months to prepare for you, especially when they have a coach like Sean Payton. So there's a couple uh, nice little tweets about uh, Jimmy G and also head coach Josh McDaniels, uh, one from Ravi and one from DFWs. Definitely appreciate you guys uh, for the feedback. And, uh, yeah, I think that Josh McDaniels should get some credit. And uh, Patrick Graham as well, right? I mean, again, it wasn't pretty, but the team stepped up and made plays when they had to. You hold any team in the National Football League to three points in the second half of a game, you're doing something. I mean, straight up. You hold Russell Wilson to 42 yards passing in the second half, you're doing something. Straight up. <laughs> I don't care how you want to dissect it. I don't care how mad you want to be about this, that, and the other. If you do those two things, you're giving yourself a, a, a chance to win. And I said early in, 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 in training camp, when I started to feel like this defense was going to turn around, I said there's going to be a game. I don't know when it's going to be, but the defense is going to play a major role in them winning the game. And it just happened to be game one that they did play a major role. Now, they have a lot of room to grow. They've got to improve. And those 10 penalties, they're not going to be able to overcome that against the Bills, against the Chiefs, hell, against the Chargers, right? Maybe against the Steelers. You're not going to be able to overcome that. Luckily, the Raiders opened up with the Broncos, and that's a team that they're able to overcome that. But they've got to get better because that's only going to work so long. But we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch. Mitch from New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? Chillin', man, chillin'. Everything's well with you guys. All right. Hello? Yeah, you got me. Go ahead, man. Hello? Yeah, yeah, go oh, ahead. Okay, great. Yeah. So, uh, hey, for the off- uh, defense is a little better. Uh, offense, a little worried about it. Um, but did you see uh, how the 49 that's how you, you want your defense line to play. I mean, they got incredible. I, I mean, Bosa's just warming up. Uh, Nick Bosa. But Hargrove and, uh, and Drake, how can you not like the Drake from USC? That's the, that's the, US, that's the sign for line. But our boy... Cleon Fowles there, watch him have a good year. Watch. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call, Mitch. I appreciate you. And yeah, I'm sure Cleon's going to have a good year. You know why? Because all those dudes you just talked about are around him, right? And the 49ers' defense is incredible. What they did to the Steelers yesterday was incredible. Uh, the two best defensive performances I saw yesterday were from the 49ers and the Cowboys. The Cowboys blanked the Giants, Sunday night football. And, well, the, the, the 49ers might as well blank the Steelers. Right? The Steelers look piss poor. They did not look good at all. That 49ers defense was dominant. They were toying with the, the, the Steelers at some point. I'm hoping the Steelers are playing that way week three when they head to, 
to, to uh, Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. I hope that's how they're playing at that point. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy Stove. Stove, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. I, I took my, my two sons to the game yesterday in Denver. Nice. And and there it was a, the Raider fans were, were, were showing up. There were plenty of us there. And, and you know, after the game, there was a whole lot of chatter going on, and it was so great because I was at the Rams game last year as well when we totally blew it at the end, and it's a completely different feeling. But I just want to get a couple quick points out. Number one, Mondays in, in the NFL are for overreacting. So I'm going to overreact a little bit, but it's only because <laughs> we have one game to kind of base this on. But it looked to me like the Josh McDaniels, we'll call it McDaniels-Ziegler vision, is starting to come together. The guys that they signed, Spillane and Epps and Marcus Peters, they were really vocal on defense. They were guys, I mean, there was one specific play where Spillane said, Hobbs, you come over here, and Hobbs went into the backfield and made the tackle. There's a lot of communication. There's a lot of positive energy and, and I'll say this, both teams yesterday had, had veteran coaches. Peyton's approach is that he's pushing his guys to be cocky and talk and be, and be you know, kind of pumping their chest out, where the Raiders had a lot more of it. All, all of us are on the same page kind of mentality. I really felt it there yesterday. They believe in Jimmy G. And after one week, I believe in Jimmy G. Because I'll tell you, we don't win that game in previous years, and that's not a knock on Derek Carr or anything, but we don't, we don't make the stop on defense. Yep. We don't get that run from the quarterback to seal the game. We don't make those plays the way they were made yesterday. And I'll tell you, the week of practice going into Buffalo is a hell of a lot different when you're 1-0 versus 0-1. Facts, big facts right there. And I said that, I found myself saying that multiple times yesterday, uh, Stove, is that uh, there's plays and there was moments that the Raiders don't do last year. And you, you pointed it out, man. Last year, if they had had that rough in the, uh, the, the punter penalty and they gave the ball back to Denver, there's no doubt Denver scoring a touchdown there. There's no doubt. But they bucked up, they, 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 they bowed their neck up, and they didn't allow them to get into the end zone and force the field goal, which allowed them to stay in the game. So, yeah, there, there's that. Obviously, there's the Jimmy G run that was big at the end. Uh, there was guys that were laying out, man. They were putting it all out there on the field trying to make it happen. They were all playing for each other. That's a sign of improvement, in my opinion. 2.57 is the time. Amber Theo Harris joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.